Back with us, John Morris Show on ESPN Central Texas. If you watched the series, and I know a lot of you did, the last dance on ESPN, chronicling the uh, Chicago Bulls of the 90s and the uh, the last dance, a reference to that last year that group was together, the 97-98 season. You recognize that uh, rejoin with us. And uh, we welcome in a man who was uh, part of that project for ESPN, a producer at ESPN, former Baylor track stand, out and Baylor grad Derwin Graham Jr. joins us now and Derwin good morning to you it's uh, great to catch up with you and great to have you on with us. Hey, good morning, John. It's good to hear your voice again. Brings back old memories. That's very nice of you. Thank you very much. Where are you? Are you up in the uh, in the Northeast? Yes, I'm uh, I'm currently in Bristol, Connecticut. Okay, over here at the headquarters at ESPN working from the house. Gotcha. So uh, everybody, uh, everybody that I know, I think, was tuned in to the last dance. Boy, that was uh, uh, really fortunate for ESPN. I say fortunate. I mean, it was planned to air in the summer, but for you guys to move that up and air during this time when people are looking for some fresh sports content, couldn't have couldn't have asked for a more captive audience. Yeah, it just worked out. It just so happened that we had majority of the episodes done already prior to the COVID-19 crisis. So we were prepared to go ahead and push those out while we finished the back-end episodes that weren't already finished. So it was just perfect timing, and we felt the need to put some content out there for people to just take their mind off of things. That's great. Well done. Was there a, a scramble? You said most of the episodes were already done, but then you wanted to kind of hurry up production and get it all done. Was there a mad scramble to get it finished? Oh, yes. There was a huge scramble. Um, we got the call um, on our weekly call for The Last Dance. They were like, hey, we're thinking about moving the dates up, so grab what you can from your desk, get it to your house, and be prepared to work. So literally I had to go to my desk and grab like 20 or 30 Jordan drives that I have and be prepared to work from the house and be ready to take calls and take in requests and answer questions from a mobile situation versus working at a desk with high-powered Internet. So yeah. it was just um, – it was very – challenging <laughs> yeah yeah good word for it uh, was it it had to been a little tougher you know not sitting at your regular desk in your office uh, doing this uh, like you said you had to get those drives with uh, everything on it and work from home uh, that just adds a degree of difficulty doesn't it oh yes yeah, for sure um at espn you know we have high power wi-fi so you can easily send like a gig or two in like wow. two seconds working yeah. from your apartment Wi-Fi, sending one gig takes two to three hours. Yeah. So it was definitely challenging <laughs> on that side, just being a, having good time value to push stuff out early in the morning. That way it could send in the afternoon. So you have uh, some footage just ready for episode eight or nine sent out. So it could be placed into the video. Nice. What, uh, what was your role with this project and, and, and kind of describe for us and, and our listeners, you know, what, what you work on or, or, you know, kind of normal projects you work on there at ESPN? So I mainly work on ESPN Films and 30 for 30. Um, I was the lead production assistant for The Last Dance specifically. Uh, more so, my main role was the archival producer of our ESPN footage. So basically, I would communicate with the Jordan team. We would talk about what we feel was needed for episode one or two, and they would give me a request. So I would go into our ESPN database and find and restore footage that I felt could potentially work for that specific episode. So, like, for episode nine and ten, um, they needed, like, footage of game five of the Jazz. So I would go in, grab pieces that I thought would work, 
and I would send it to them, and they used a good majority of the footage that I sent for episodes one through ten. So besides the footage from the actual team that was there following them that final year, a lot of that footage that you see is stuff that I pulled and sent. So that was pretty cool just to see footage that I thought was good in the film. That's really cool, and that is, uh, you know, just watching 10 hours of that and knowing how much video you had to cull through, that was a ton. I mean, that's a ton of work and a ton of video to go through. Oh, yes, for sure, but things like um, having spreadsheets and super organization just came in clutch. Um, yeah, it was, it was just um, all about organization, uh, good communication on their end, being specific with details like, one specific request I remember seeing and getting, and then ended up making it to the final version of episode five or six, uh, right. whichever one was the baseball episode. I can't remember specifically. <laughs> but the request was, hey, Derwin, we want footage of MJ watching the Bulls play on TV from the Birmingham Barons baseball locker room. All right. And sure enough, I ended up finding one clip in our entire database that fit that, and it made the final cut. So it's, it's, it's just interesting and funny. Gosh, that's got to be gratifying to you to do all that work and then see the finished product and know, yeah, I gave him that shot. I helped make that happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I was watching uh, most of the episodes with my girlfriend. She came down from Texas up here before everything hit, and I'm just sitting here like a little fan, like, hey, I, I found that. I found that shot. I did that. <laughs> that's really cool. Derwin Graham Jr. is with us, uh, Baylor grad and a producer for ESPN. So did you watch all 10 before we all watched all 10, or did you kind of roll out and watch them as, uh, you know, as they were being aired? Yes, I saw Rough Cuts number one for every single episode. So I've seen every episode probably 100 times before they finally aired, including the night of I watched them beforehand, just uh, quality check screens, just making sure – for the uncensored versions that the cuss words were there, nothing was bleeped. And for the censored version, making, stu- making sure stuff was bleeped. So um, I've seen each episode hundreds of times. But <laughs> watching them the day of, it felt just like I was watching it for the first time. That's how powerful this documentary series was. No, it really was. And, and how difficult was that not to? And I know that we even put a, a, a interview request out a little bit earlier into the process. But how how difficult was that just to kind of sit on it and not pu- talk <laughs> publicly to a lot of people about it? Just because you knew that you know you had to wait till everyone actually got a chance to see it. Oh man, it's real tough because you, you're so excited. You know, growing up watching the Bulls, like who doesn't want to say they were a part of that and helping out with that so i mean it's kind of like that meme where the guy's like trying to hold in his cough you're just trying not to say anything you're just sitting on it (laughs) waiting until everything's out there and then you could come back and be like hey guys i did this this and this and here's some behind the scenes stuff so it it was very hard just trying to keep it um under wraps and we were just so prominent for everybody to just everything stay under wraps because that's how stuff gets leaked out of stuff and you don't want that because you want people to just Enjoy it in real time. You don't want to have, like, leaks and stuff out there and ruin the stuff. So um, just that, that kept coming into mind uh, anytime stuff like that come up. Yeah, I understand completely. How long – give us an idea how long you ha- uh, have been working on this project, and did you have multiple things going on at the same time, or was it strictly this, The Last Dance? So I started at ESPN – last year, January 2019, and my very first day, they were like, hey, Derwin, your main project will be the Michael Jordan documentary. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm new to the East Coast. I'm new to Connecticut. 
never lived outside of Texas. And I'm like, oh, wow, my first assignment is this The Last Dance. So uh, from day one, I was working on The Last Dance. But also I had other projects that was um, the lead production assistant on, um, the Dwayne Wade project, um, Unexpected Life. Uh, that was yeah. one of my main projects I was kind of co-juggling with The Last Dance. Um, Lance Armstrong is coming up. I'm on that. Um, just a whole bunch of other projects we had to manage too, along with Jordan. But when it came to like prioritizing, Jordan always came first, just because that was like my big baby. So that one had to be yeah. tended to constantly. Um, Michael Vick. So yeah, there was a few projects that I had to juggle outside of that too. But having a good coworkers, we all were a team and a unit. So everybody came in hand when it came to just um, picking up any um, loads that we needed to share. No pressure, huh? No pressure. Just say, hey, <laughs> yeah, walk, right. welcome yeah. to the company. Here, here, Michael Jordan Project. Go ahead and make sure it's right. <laughs> yeah, no, Not, no pressure. Like, yeah, <laughs> nothing like diving in head first, you know, with your job there. Hey, I'm curious how – so we have heard all along that Michael had uh, kind of uh, editorial uh, – whatever the word is, editorial review over this or, you know, mm-hmm. some, some uh, say in what ended up there – how, how much do you think he stepped in and uh, made any changes or made some suggestions along the way? Uh, I'm sure that he made small, minor suggestions, you know, just because, I mean, it's Michael Jordan, so he's going to have a say in it. But um, I think he really let the director um, just do what he could to tell a real good story and keep it as um, unbiased as possible. But, you know, the man himself had to get in there and, Say something. <laughs> what, was the question yeah, ever true. asked of why? Why now that he uh, he green lighted the okay, let's go ahead and make this happen? Oh, I'm sure there was. I never got an answer about that, but yeah, it's just interesting that we waited till 2020. They've been sitting on this footage for years, and they finally decided now is the time to tell the story. Um, I think that was a good call versus doing it in like say 2010 or something. I don't know. 2020 just seemed like the perfect time. Just let that film age like wine and then when you drop it people are just that much more captivated by the footage and the story and for a guy who does you know what you do at this level to to know that that video is out there you know all that behind the scenes video that's what i thought was the best part of it all that behind the scenes video that nobody or very few people had ever seen before i mean that's uh that's like a treasure trove to work with isn't it Oh, yeah, it's a huge just treasure chest full of just gems and stuff. And you're just amazed because it's like, man, people, somebody was there for that. They were there behind the scenes in the locker room with them that last year or in the weight room with them. It's just crazy just to see how much footage they got and how good the footage looked for being shot in the 90s. Like, you would think that was shot sometime in the last five to ten years. But, yeah, it's, it's just amazing that we, they were able to capture all that footage. And um, there was a bunch of stuff that didn't make it into the film that, probably could have its own film. So it's just amazing to see that those hundreds of hours of documentary uh, footage from that uh, not make it into the film. So, Derwin, you said, uh, you know, this was uh, your baby, you know, your main thing since you started there January a year ago. Uh, and then, you know, the baby's born now and the baby you're sending out into the world and the project <laughs> is finished. Uh, is there any sense that, Oh man, I'm I'm sad this is over because you spent so much time and energy on it. Or, or are you tired of it and you're ready to move on to something else? <laughs> it's it's kind of like 
your child. Your child grows up, you're like, oh, I can't wait for my child to get out the house. And then they finally do grow up and leave the house, and you're like, oh, I miss my baby. So it's kind of <laughs> like that. I'm, I'm happy to see it out there prospering, but I want it to come back home and be with me. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I'm happy that it's out there and people are loving it. The reception has been amazing. Um, I've already moved on to one of my next projects, just doing Lance stuff. Can't go into too much detail about that now, but um, <laughs> just working on Lance and Bruce Lee. Um, those are my uh, last two projects right now currently, and then um, just getting ready to push that out. Uh, Lance Armstrong airs. Lance Part 1 airs this Sunday. Lance Part 2 the following Sunday, and then Bruce Lee the following Sunday after that. So we're just oh, nice. trying to keep the train rolling. Um, not sit too much in the success, just enjoy it briefly because we know we still got more content we want to share out there with people just to give them some new content, new sports content. How big of a Michael Jordan fan were you just uh, just growing up as a young man? Just how, how much were you into MJ? Oh, I was very into MJ. Uh, my parents bought me all the shoes. Even my closet now is filled with a lot of his exclusive stuff. Nice. Um, me and my brother. My brother shared a photo of me and him rocking our Chicago Bulls uh, jumpsuits when we were kids with the shoes. So we were all into the Bulls at a, even at a young age. Did you, how much did you? How much more did you learn, or how much more did you appreciate MJ after working on this project than you even did as just a young young man growing up admiring him from a distance? Man, it was always like we knew he was the man, even at a young age. But sitting here, being a part of the documentary, uh, just seeing all the footage and everything, it just made you appreciate him that much more. It's like, okay, like I heard all the stories. I kind of watched him, but kind of at the back end of his career, like the final years of the Bulls and with the Wizards. But right. to kind of just sit back and go back to his early stuff, it was like, man, this man was so poetic with the basketball. So it was just amazing. You finally get a, a full appreciation for him and his game versus um, the guys like we have now, like LeBron and Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. Um, so we, you get to see them in comparison, and you're like, wow, like Jordan really was top tier, that level, like he's that basketball god. Derwin Graham Jr., our guest, Baylor grad, uh, works at ESPN. Uh, Lance Armstrong's coming up next. Bruce Lee after that. Uh, there's uh, there's something on McGuire and Sosa uh, in the works not too far away, right? Yes, um, long gone summer coming up after that as well. That's it. Yeah, nice. yeah, that'll be good. So then there's got to be, you know, looking long-term future projects like that on the drawing board. Any of those that you can talk about or say, you know, is in the, the you know, beginning stages of talking about? Uh, kind of not really. I mean, Lance, um, <laughs> all of the films are really good. Um, I'm glad that we get to push them out there. I think people love them just like they love The Last Dance. Um, so it's just going to be good to see Bruce Lee especially because I don't know how much footage out there uh, was out there of Bruce Lee prior to this film. So it's a lot of stuff that people have never seen before. So that'll be something just uh, fun for people because it's like, you know, Bruce Lee has this mystique about him. So to have a, a full documentary about him, that'll be uh, well-received, I think, along with uh, Long Gone Summer and Lance. And uh, it's just going to be amazing just to see people um, have time to sit down and watch these, um, these not – more so lesser documentaries, but not on the same stature as, like, say, A Last Dance. And yep. it'll be good for those documentaries to get as much love as The Last Dance, too, now that people are home and have time to sit down and watch them. Well, it's a perfect time for it. I mean, I think people have a lot more time, and, and we've got virtually no live sports going on right now. Yeah. So you guys need the programming, and, and we need something to watch like this. So it's a, a perfect uh, marriage of uh, timing with these things being released right now. 
Yeah, it just comes in handy that we happen to have a lot of films pretty much complete or near completion to where we're able to make the tweaks necessary to be able to push them out early. So um, it's just a blessing. Very cool. Derwin, I know you uh, you went to high school here in Central Texas and then to Baylor and uh, now off uh, doing uh, getting fame and fortune there at ESPN. And we're really <laughs> proud of you. Do you get back uh, to Central Texas very often? Uh, yes. Uh, for a while, I was coming back every other month just about. I would bring my work stuff with me, so I was working from my parents' house in Copper's Cove, Texas. Nice. And I'll be, like, in the back room while everybody else is hanging out, and they're like, hey, can we come in the room? I'm like, no, nah, I'm doing, like, some top-secret stuff, so you can't come in yet. <laughs> but um, I, I try to make it down um, as often as I can, especially to see my son. Um, the last time I got to come down there was uh, in February for his birthday. So um, I try to make it down there as often as I can uh, just to catch up with family and friends. So um, COVID-19 kind of put a little uh, halt on that for now, but right. I'm trying to get back down there as soon as I can, as soon as uh, things start to messing up up here with work and with uh, travel situations. Gotcha. Well, great to visit with you. Great to get your uh, side of this, and we're really proud for you. I mean, you got a great job there and, and obviously working for a great company in ESPN. And keep up the good work. It's great to visit with you this morning. Yeah, thanks, John. I appreciate it. It's good to hear from you.